So let's get right into it. What is an area that you're involved in that you want to see more change? Where do you want to see that change happen? Just in your mind right now, just pick a setting, pick a place, pick something you're involved in. Okay, so for example, I have a friend, she's an executive at a really large organization. She's pretty desperate for change in how her people treat each other because it's just kind of been a nightmare and a mess. That's where she, I'm assuming, would want to see change. And another friend, she's expanding her business. Man, this chick is committed to change. She's got all the right plans laid out. She is taking this thing by the horns because she is just determined to experience and have change. What about a ministry environment you're a part of or maybe you even lead it? What change are you hoping for? This last question really resonates with me. I wanna see change and how women are equipped to do whatever it is that God has asked them to do. Because I feel like women often are like raising their hand, God, I want to do something, but they don't know what to do to enact that. How do you take a step when there's not really something visible or tangible right in front of you to raise your hand and step into? That's a place I'd love to see a change. Another one is this. I gather women ministry leaders every month. By the way, this is kind of a new thing. It's only been happening for about six months or so. I want to see a change in uniting our efforts and our gifts together so that more women will have richer encounters with God. So those are some changes that I personally want to see. My question for you is where do you want to see more change? So today we're talking about momentum. So let's start with a no-brainer here. Often, if you want to see change, you do what the rest of us do. You chew on whatever you want to see the change for quite some time. Then I'll bet you you pop out a planner or your laptop or your phone to get to the notes to start planning the thing out. Maybe you go to connecting first and you set up a group text with a couple of the people involved and you're like, hey, let's get together. I want to talk to you about something. Let's plan this because you want to see change. So why is this our natural go-to? Because we're programmed that in order to see change, you have to have a plan. By the way, in general, I'm on board with this. Totally agree with it because otherwise, how do you know what you're going to do in the change? So I'm with it. When we want to see a change, we pop out a plan. I agree with this. But today, I want to talk about momentum, which in my opinion, it's the secret weapon for leaders when it comes to change. So John Maxwell, he's like the leadership guru in the modern, like the last 60 years or so, 50 years, 40 years. In the modern church, John Maxwell is the guy that we would say really spurred on this idea of leadership within the church. Now, there were clearly other magnificent godly leaders before him, but John Maxwell came at a time when publishing was far easier and could go far wider. So it's interesting because he really is in the church world, like the father or grandfather of leadership. I totally respect the guy. It's been neat to watch him grow in sincerity and in humility over the years. And man, that guy has some good stuff to say about leading. He has this quote. So I'm going to read it to you. It's short, it's sweet, and it's this. Momentum is a leader's best friend. Momentum is a leader's best friend. Now, honestly, 
if I were to ask you or you were to ask me, hey, what do you think is a leader's best friend or like the best and most utilized tool in their toolkit? I would not say momentum. Not initially. I would say things like the team. Oh, for sure. The the coherent, the relationship between the mission and the vision. Like, uh, I think I would probably say the team. So it's interesting because I think all of us probably would have another word that we would, would substitute for the word momentum in this sentence. Momentum is a leader's best friend. But what's even more interesting to me is how many people are like, yep, John Maxwell nailed that. I could tell you leader after leader after leader who are like, yep, aces. This is right on point. So this is what I want to unpack today and take it to a couple what I think is hopefully interesting places for you that's going to connect to real life. So let's start first with this question. Why is it true? probably, that momentum is a leader's best friend? Well, the answer is not complicated. It's actually rather simple. When there's momentum, you just don't have to work so hard to create energy. And everyone knows that when there's energy, and when we really know that the thing is moving itself, it's sort of like you get to ride the wave because the work that's already been done in couple with the momentum that's being experienced, it's like a leader's dream come true because you don't have to work so hard. You don't have to convince people. You don't have to rally a charge to help people get on board. It's happening and it's doing it kind of by itself. That, my friends, is why momentum, in my opinion, is absolutely a leader's best friend. It's a leader's dream come true. It's what you hope for. Now, everyone knows when there's energy, and here's the thing, and we really know when there's not. Think about groups. Momentum is the it factor in a group. When there's momentum, you hear people saying things like, wow, that was better than I expected. Or something like this, there's something really special happening here, and I can't wait to be back. You'll hear questions like this, hey, is it okay if I bring my friend or two of them next week? That is when there's momentum. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's amazing. And this is why it's a leader's best friend. So let's talk about momentum. First, what is momentum? I know this is backward, but let's start by stating what momentum is not. Here's what momentum is not. Momentum is not cheerleading. It's not good feelings, and it's certainly not trying to pump people up. You guys, those things are excitement, not momentum. Momentum isn't temporary, although like everything else, it has a life cycle. But think about it. Excitement and cheerleading, those things, those are pretty temporary. They only last for a few hours or a few days, or if you're really lucky, maybe a few weeks. But that's where momentum really sets itself apart because momentum, it doesn't happen fast. It has this slow build. Momentum is when people start seeing that this thing is going where we want it to go. They start thinking what we want and what we hope for it's actually happening. 
People start realizing, even if it's just subconsciously, success isn't just possible, it's probable because something is happening right here. When people start to think something good is happening right where I am, and they want to be a bigger part of it, that, my friends, is momentum. And remember, momentum, it's actually really hard to define because it's entirely abstract and shapeless. But my friends, you know it when you see it. By the way, just for sake of conversation, let's turn this thing on its head. Those were descriptions of positive momentum, but it's really helpful to think of the negative side of that coin. We all know negative momentum when we see it because nobody's happy. There's backbiting, there's gossip, people show up late if they show up at all. There's a stronger commitment to throwing people under the bus rather than getting on the bus to figure out where we need to go. In other words, negative momentum, when it's there, people are more committed to complaining than problem solving and owning up to mistakes. That is negative momentum. And if you're in it, good luck. Because negative momentum very quickly turns into culture unless there's a really strong leader. It is hard to turn the ship when it's in a negative momentum stage. But then there's positive momentum. It's what we want. It's like what we dream of in our environments. It's what we want in our homes. Oh, absolutely. It's what we want in our workplaces and where we serve. It's what we want in our churches because it tells us something awesome is happening and we're all in. So let me give you a couple examples of what this type of momentum looks like. You guys, these are so simple, but I want to build a picture. So the first thing it looks like is people want their friends involved. Because when there's a really good deal or when there's a great event or an awesome movie, we're like, oh, I wonder if they want to come with me. We want to include the people that we care about when there's incredible momentum because we want them to experience it too. Also, momentum looks like this. People are willing to give and invest more than what's asked of them. This is so true. Man, this is a huge trait of momentum. So if you think about a group or if you think about work, you've got a job description at work, right? They're sort of the cultural norms of participating in a group. But when you see people who are using their own resources, their own creativity, their own time, their own energy, and investing and giving more than what's asked for, I'll bet you nine times out of 10, it's because there's momentum in the air. Momentum makes you want to give and invest more than the status quo or what's already been asked. When there's momentum in a group, people come early and they stay late, period because they feel this sizzle, this aspect of momentum in the air, and this is what we deeply desire. I'm gonna explain why in a minute. Another trait of momentum is that people believe the mission is possible because they're seeing it. They're sensing it happen. They're, it's not like, oh, well, we hope that this produces disciples who make disciples, or we hope that people come to Jesus through this. No, when it's actually happening and there's evidence and there's some stories are like, oh, did you meet her? She's incredible. She just came to Christ a couple weeks ago right there. It tells us the mission, what we want 
to happen. It's really happening. And the reason people lean into it is because they want to be part of it. Then people also tell others about it. You're going to hear stories upon stories and examples and experiences. I'll explain why in a couple. So I want to give you a couple examples of when I've experienced momentum. So this first example is my small group. I, uh, gosh, what year was this? Probably 2005. So this one's, man, young people would be like, that's ancient history. So it was 2005. My local church was like, hey, Andy, would you pray about leading a small group? I kind of felt like, honestly, like I had to because I didn't have a good reason to say no. So this small group gets put together. They put people in my group. We met. We did the whatever it was, eight or 12 weeks uh, that the thing was supposed to last. And then because there was connection, all the girls in my small group were like, hey, let's keep meeting. So we kept meeting. About six or nine months later, something really interesting began to happen. As we were praying together, praying for one another, sharing really, really um, personal things like real struggles, real hurts, real habits that were hard. Things that really the group hadn't shared or the person hadn't shared with anybody. And now that person is sharing with a group. So there was a ton of trust and relationship capital in the group. And that was growing. Well, coupled with that, there was also really amazing things happening as we open up the Bible. It was like, wow, I've never seen that before. Or, oh my goodness, I've never thought of it like that before. That was happening as we would really take turns just sharing every week. Somebody would own that night and just share from scripture. Well, we had been meeting in my little living room. And then we had to go downstairs. There was like this downstairs living room den kind of thing in our house that was twice the size. Well, that worked because now people are like, hey, my coworker, are you guys good if I invite her? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, People around our local church were like, oh, you're new here. You go. I keep hearing really good stories about what's happening in this small group. We began to have retreats where we would just do it ourselves. Like there was so much momentum. We wanted to be more apart. We wanted to invest and give more. We certainly wanted our friends involved. And there was proof in that pudding because our group was growing. So I think we probably started out with like, I don't know, 10 to 12 girls. When we had to move down to the den, we probably had 15, 16. I remember when consistently we were having 20 to 24 girls or so at my house in my living room every week, jamming our little tiny street with car, 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 car. And it was like, oh, this thing doesn't belong in our house anymore. Because all of those factors that we talked about with momentum were happening, coming early, staying late, believing that the mission is possible because it's actually happening, which made us want to lean in and invest more because whatever was happening, we wanted more of it and we wanted our friends a part of it. 
there's an interesting factor too, that at this time, it wasn't just stories that were generated from us as participants. Okay, so certainly we were telling our friends, we were telling our family stories of like, yeah, this group, it's so good, it's growing. You know what I mean? Stories. But holy smokes, you know it's momentum when other people tell the stories for you and they're not involved, but they just heard about it and they've heard about it again. And they're like, oh, then they're asking about it. What's happening? And they're so resonating with what's happening in the group that they then recommend it to other people, even though they're not stakeholders, they're not invested. This is a picture of momentum. So then what we did was one of the women in our group managed a hotel in town and that hotel had a meeting space. It wasn't big, but it was bigger than the living room and it had parking and coffee and cookies. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. That boosted our momentum because now there were like, I don't know, 25 to 30 of us girls. And it felt like a thing, not just a little homegrown thing, but it felt like something special is happening around here and we all know it. And now we're like evangelists of the thing. We can't wait together. There's connection. There's people staying so late. It's like, hey, whoever wants to come to my house on Sunday, I'm doing a barbecue. There was radical connection because momentum was overflowing. I could go on and on and on because that story just kept growing. One, it's because what God was doing. That is numero uno. But whenever that's happening on a consistent basis, Oh my goodness, the momentum that's created. It was our best friend because we didn't have to convince people that these couple hours on that night was worth their time. It, it We didn't have to convince anybody. We didn't have to convince people to bring snacks, to give up their parking spot, to carpool because we're taking up too much space as this thing kept growing, to meet other people and meet with them offline. Then that momentum really eventually became the culture of the group. The practices that we did of we don't stay in a cl clicky little group that's going to kill momentum quick. Instead, we do the opposite. We meet women right at the door and we're like, hey, come sit over here so that they feel immediately like they belong. We introduce them to our friends and we don't stand with that newbie and have an awkward conversation where it's like, oh, we've run out of questions and you're shy and nervous and I'm, I don't know, like trying to keep the conversation rolling. Nope. Instead, we scoop them right into our friend circle saying, hey, this is Jennifer. She's brand new. Jennifer, that's so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. We were just talking about this. Like, join the conversation. This made women feel a sense of belonging and like they already had a preset spot for them. Momentum, momentum, momentum. And because the momentum was leading um, partially or coupling with our behavior, the behaviors that the momentum had us thinking about, like, oh my gosh, there's so many people. What do we do with them? How do we connect them? How do we make them not feel alone? Well, what if I, so I've got my good friends in the group, but she's a newbie walking in the door. I don't want to feel like I now have to spend the whole night with somebody that I don't know and may not gel with and vice versa. So the mo momentum 
producing more people coming in the door changed how we behaved. And that, because it was sustained over a a while, became the culture. This was, it made life so easy because it met the values, it met the needs of women, it taught us how to behave. Man, oh man, that was such a fun, 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 life-producing environment. Okay, so the first thing about momentum, what I already said is um, it's not cheerleading, it's not trying to pump people up, that's excitement. And excitement, like everything else, has a life cycle But momentum is a slow build, and it's what happens in the midst of the thing. There can also be negative momentum. That stuff is like quicksand. It's really, really hard to get out of it. Momentum looks like investing more and giving more to the thing than what's even asked for. Okay, so the next thing I want to tell you, and this one's really important to understand about momentum. Because once you catch onto this idea, you're really going to start to understand momentum and the nuance in the corners of momentum. And that's this. Momentum doesn't start at the beginning of something. Nope. Momentum doesn't start at the beginning of something. Momentum is what happens in the middle of something. Okay, so think about it like this. At the beginning of a new project a new initiative, a new program, a new Bible study, a new work thing that you're going to do, something that you're going to do with your family. At the beginning, people are either really cynical, like, yeah, 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 this isn't going to work either. Or they're excited to do something new, like, ooh, this will be interesting. What's happening and what can I expect next? At the beginning, there's excitement. And we already said excitement is not the same as momentum. Nope. At the beginning, when there's feelings and excitement, that's not momentum. Momentum happens in the middle. When the newness has already wore off and when people start to realize, hey, what we're doing is working and we're really engaged and committed and certainly excited about it, but it's not the new Uh, honeymoon feelings that come at the beginning of a project. Those feelings are excitement. Momentum happens in the middle. Momentum happens in the middle when the excitement has already faded. That's the beginning. Momentum happens in the middle. So momentum doesn't come from projects. Momentum doesn't come from programs. Momentum definitely doesn't come when you set new goals in whatever context. Nope. Momentum is never, ever, ever created through projects and programs and goals and those kinds of things. Ever, ever. Momentum, in my opinion, always and only comes through people. Did you catch that? It's not... Oh, Siri. Did you hear my watch? Siri's like, I'm not sure you understand. Momentum doesn't come through projects. It doesn't come through programs or goals or plans. Nope. It comes when there are people. Now, this is my take. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like this is tested and true. Momentum comes through people. It's not the new Bible study. It's not the retreat. 
even though those things are so good, it's the people who were at the Bible study. And it's what happened when women shared about what God did at the retreat. That's the momentum. It's the people. People are always the thing we will remember. They're the reason that we tell stories. That's who we talk to. It's people. And when it even comes to personal things like new goals or new things to learn or new attitudes or your word for the year, it's not that those things can't have some momentum, although I kind of think that's just excitement. Instead, those will gain excitement and maybe a little bit of momentum, but the momentum is going to come because of you, the person who is willing to change, willing to learn, willing to be transformed, the person who wants to love others more, to listen better, to love Jesus more. That's the momentum. Listen, the momentum doesn't come from the new Bible reading plan. Nope, it just doesn't. The momentum comes as you stick to it. And as God speaks to you and you connect some dots in the Bible as you're reading here and there and you're like, oh man, that makes so much more sense now. And those dots that you connected begin to change your heart and the Holy Spirit starts leading you to see people and to step out and to apologize to others and repent for this or that. That is the momentum. It's you changing and growing and learning. It's not the Bible reading plan. Nope. Momentum doesn't come from projects or plans or goals. Momentum comes from people. And that's not only true on that kind of personal level, but it's also true in groups. Listen, groups expect and are probably, in general, cynical of the new attempt to grow or the new attempt to get us to do something. Yeah, 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 we've all been there and we're so cynical of that. Momentum comes not from the new thing that you're introducing. If there's excitement and positive feelings, awesome. That's not momentum. The reason you know this is because that short-lived in two weeks, that is probably gonna fade. Momentum comes when it's like people connecting to one another as the program happens. People passionately sharing something that happened to them during the women's retreat. People getting to actually build relationships as they're investing in the new work initiative. That is where the momentum comes from, is as people connect, because momentum isn't about projects and plans. It comes from people, which is another thing that we should talk about, stories. Momentum comes from people because that's who we connect to. And when we connect to someone, we want to keep reliving and remembering that connection. So we tell stories about it. Does that make sense? We connect to people. And when there's a really good connection that even has some momentum to it, what momentum does is it causes us to want to keep reliving and remembering that connection. So that's where the stories come from. We start telling stories about how that connection happened, about the funny thing, about the deep thing, about how we just gelled as a group, about what we did to meet a need. So here's a question. How do you know if there's momentum? You're going to hear stories of what happened, period. Because people want to talk about and remember environments when there's momentum. We don't tell stories about objects. We don't tell stories about programs. We don't tell stories of about things that are static and don't have life. Nope. We tell stories 
that have momentum. We tell the stories like when Sally's aunt sat at the table and told that funny joke with all those new ladies and suddenly the ice broke and everyone was wide-eyed and leaning in. And then that led to the best conversation around the table at that Bible study setting. That is the story we're going to tell because we felt the momentum. We wanted to hold on to it. And the actual story was about connection. Connection and results. When something happened that meets the mission and objective of the purpose of why we're meeting anyway. Those are the stories we tell about connection and about objectives happening that meet the mission. For example, we tell stories about how even after the women's Bible study ended, nobody wanted to leave because there was such connection and laughter and depth and life happening. There was connection. Momentum comes from people because that's what we connect to. And when we connect to something, we want to keep reliving it and remembering it. So what do we do? We tell stories about it. So stories are the major indicator that there's momentum. Stories that you're not having to pry for or direct or ask, you're just hearing them. And at the end of something, you're like, oh my goodness, that happened and that happened. Oh, she mentioned that. Oh, she was telling that same story too. Oh, momentum. If you're not hearing stories, it's probably because there's not momentum. And that's just fine. That's a stage of the, that's part of it. Momentum has a life cycle period. So you're going to be on both sides of that life cycle where there's just not a lot happening, then suddenly or maybe over slow build, there's momentum, and then that's going to fade eventually. That's fine. But how you know momentum is happening, stories. So momentum isn't cheerleading. It's not encouragement. Momentum happens in the middle. When, when, When what you wanted to happen is actually happening, which makes you and the people around you actually want to invest more. Momentum comes from people, not programs, not projects, not plans, nope. And when there's momentum, you're gonna hear stories of people connecting over or about the mission. So as a leader, I've got a couple questions for you. Where do you see momentum these days? And if you see it, take a few minutes to think about what is really happening. Because if you can understand what the organization or what that group or what the team is doing that's creating momentum, oh my goodness, capitalize on it. Tell stories about it. Help that momentum just by giving it little nudges. The little nudges happen through stories and through highlighting people's contributions. That gives the momentum just a little nudge. It keeps it moving and rolling. Think about what are people connecting to that's resulting in in momentum Think about what stories you're hearing and keep the stories going. Contribute. Be like, oh, here's another story. Did I tell you guys about what happened that day when everybody was at work and totally sick and tired of whatever? This happened. Like, let people know because it very well can change people's perspective if they're on the fence to move them and nod them toward momentum. And listen, if if you aren't seeing momentum... This begs the question, are you connecting to people? Are the people that you're doing something with, maybe at work, maybe in a team, maybe a serving situation, are you guys connecting to people, to one another, to new people? 
if you aren't seeing momentum wherever you want to see it, it's very possible that this is because you're more concerned about the project or the job or the task rather than the people. Remember, projects and planning don't create momentum. Only people do. So, I mean, it's kind of, in my opinion, based on how I'm wired, it's kind of an easy fix. Invite someone to lunch. Set up a really quick coffee date. Even if it's like, hey, I've got 45 minutes. I was wondering, would that work for you? I would love to just get together. Then ask them about themselves and just listen. When people get to share about themselves, boom, they feel connected to you. When you're asking questions about that person and you're just listening, you're not interrupting, you're not interpreting, you're not steering the conversation, you're just listening, people feel like you care and that creates connection. Hey, next week, I'm super excited. We're going to talk about momentum on a very personal level. Like what we just talked about now is momentum in a group or a team or an organization or in your local church setting, whatever that context with a group of people is. Next week, oh man, I feel like I've been learning a lot about myself and momentum as this stuff is on my mind. So I can't wait because next week we're going to be talking about momentum and you on a personal level. Super exciting stuff. Okay, gang, can't wait to talk to you then.